Hello, this is Father Randy Sly with another installment of Day by Day, where each day we take a look at a reading from Holy Scripture found in the Daily Mass. And today is the first Sunday of Lent. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for forty days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here on the first Sunday of Lent, we almost... Uh, every year now, find ourselves in a different gospel, but with either the baptism or the temptation of the Lord. And this year in Mark's gospel, we are here at his temptation. And with this temptation, uh, we see the beginning of Jesus' ministry uh, following right after that as we have Jesus moving to Galilee after the arrest of John. Now, Mark's gospel is very different. It begins with the preaching of John the Baptist. So it does not even address anything of the nativity of the Lord, anything about uh, the uh, visit of uh, uh, the angel to Zechariah in the temple proclaiming uh, that he would be having a child named John. It uh, foregoes uh, the Annunciation, it foregoes the Nativity, as I said, it foregoes anything about the Visitation and all of the other early things, the Presentation of the Lord, all of that stuff is not at all addressed. It begins with the preaching of John the Baptist, followed immediately by the Baptism of Jesus, right into the Temptation, and then it addresses the fact that John's arrested, Jesus comes to Galilee, and the ministry begins. That's the very beginning of Mark's gospel. So he heads almost immediately into the, the uh, three years of ministry. Now, obviously, Mark and uh, Luke, or excuse me, Matthew and Luke, which are after Mark's gospel, Mark is by almost all uh, sources uh, claimed as the earliest of, the, uh, of the th- uh, those three synoptic gospels, uh, basically left room for them to say, you know, we really need to address this. And so they talk in greater detail about the temptation uh, of the Lord. But uh, but Mark doesn't. He just has Jesus in the wilderness, the spirit, the same spirit that descends upon him at the baptism and says, you are my beloved, you know, and then the voice of from heaven, God the Father speaking, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. The same spirit that descended now drives him out. And driving is an interior compulsion. It is not like a, a cowboy, but rather this, this compulsion, taking Jesus out into the wilderness, there to be tempted by Satan. Not any detail by Mark on what this means, but he adds a couple of other pieces of information. He says that he was among the wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. Two kind of unique ideas. One is that Jesus was among the wild beasts, that this wilderness was not a friendly place to be. And then that there were those that were sent to give him ministry after the 40 days, that, that he was helped. And so 
these two ingredients that are in Mark's gospel are kind of kind of neat for us today, especially as we enter into our time of Lent. Recognizing the fact that as Jesus entered into the wilderness, so too we enter into our 40 days of our Lenten wilderness. And you know what? It is not a safe place to be. Not only is Satan there to try to tempt us uh, and to dissuade us, but there are wild beasts. There are wild beasts uh, in our Lenten observances. And, and these are things that we really need to address. These, aren't, uh, these are things that are there in our wilderness that, that want to destroy our Lent, want to take the, the opportunity to grow and kind of grind it down. And so what are some of the wild beasts that we might have to address while we're in Lent? And I, I was, as I was reflecting upon this, of course, we could go to a multiplicity of, of different wild beasts but, but, a, but a few that kind of come to the top for me, the first is unforgiveness. That if we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, that really strangles the work of God in our life. It's like a wild beast that wants to take and destroy us as we go through our Lenten time of growth examination and everything else. And unforgiveness is a, a, a hard thing for us to deal with. And one of the things that we do is we can either hold grudges and we, or we can hold something against another person. Uh, and in doing so, one of the ways that I describe it often is that, that holding unforgiveness against another or holding a grudge is like drinking deadly poison and is expecting the other person to get sick. And it's, it, it affects us even more than it may affect the other person. So unforgiveness can be crippling to us as we go through our Lenten observance. We can hold things against people sometimes for years. And the thing that I remind people about when we talk about unforgiveness is that forgiveness is not a feeling that I have, but a choice that I make. I choose to forgive because if I depend on feelings, it's, it's fickle. I mean, my feelings change every day. One day I'm forgiving, the next day I'm not forgiving. The next day I'm forgiving again. And it can go on and on and on. But forgiveness is a choice that I, I can go before the Lord and I can say, Lord, I choose to forgive this person for this thing. And then we have to remember that forgiveness does not bring about forgetting. We can still have memories of it. We can still have feelings about it. We can still have a reaction to it. But when those come, we now have a tool to operate on, and we can say, Lord, I know how I feel, but I have chosen to forgive. You see, forgiveness releases us. It, it cuts the chain because many times we are chained to the actions of another and our whole lives are controlled by that or maybe a part of our life is controlled by that. And that's unhealthy. It causes us to suffer and other people may be totally oblivious that anything had ever happened. The beautiful thing is if somebody does come and say, please forgive me, the wonderful thing you can do is just say, hey, I already have. You are forgiven. Don't walk, you know, don't uh, kind of just push it aside and say, well, it's no big thing. Let's, you know, we don't have to worry about it. No, say you're forgiven. 
we're, we are at peace with one another. It's a beautiful thing. So unforgiveness is one of those crippling things. Uh, another thing that I think about when I think of of un, of uh, Lent and the wild beasts that can uh, get a hold of me, the other thing is the whole idea of competition or comparison. That I can be competing with other people for uh, what I'm doing in Lent. That I can kind of compare myself to them. And somebody may be saying, well... You know, I'm, I've decided I am going to fast two days a week. And I'm going, boy, I must be a wimp. So I better fast like they're fasting. Now, that, that didn't come to me as a desired uh, thing for my Lenten practice that will help me to uh, obtain something or help me to develop a virtue or help me with, with moderation, self-control and those things. I'm doing because I've compared myself to others and I compete with them. If they're going to do that for Lent, I'm going to do that for Lent. Okay, somebody may say, well, I've given up television. Well, boy, I'd, I'd better at least do that or else I'm not going to be holy. And we can begin to compare ourselves. We can begin to compete with others. And it becomes deadly because now we're doing the operations of Lent for a reason other than our own spiritual well-being. That's a second second beast. The third beast that I can see uh, really coming about in land is laziness and uh, just kind of that that sense of I you know I'm just going to compromise I I said I was going to do this but you know I don't know if I really need to do that and we we begin to compromise on the things that we say that we are going to do as part of our Lenten discipline some of it may be abstaining from something you may say well you know I said I was going to abstain from all sweets but you know what I think I'm just going to abstain from chocolate. Now you can have other sweets. Or uh, you, can, you can do some kind of compromise like that. Or it can be that you're adding a prayer on and you're going, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to spend an additional time in prayer or an additional time reading scripture. Well, you know, tonight I'm kind of tired. I just don't think I'm going to do it tonight. I, that 15 minutes, I'm just going to sit here and watch TV some more. And so, again, laziness... And compromise can also be a beast that can destroy us or our Lenten journey. And so here we are. We're in Lent. We've got these wild beasts that we have to watch out for. And the other thing that we see here is that Jesus had angels ministering to him. The beautiful thing for us in Lent is that we're not going through it alone. We are going through it accompanied by Jesus accompanied by the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in various and beautiful ways, both in terms of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. Uh, we also have the Mass, both daily and oh, Sunday weekly Mass, where we can receive grace. We have uh, the wonderful gift of confession. And uh, while we do, should, and need to go uh, at least once during Lent, we can go an additional time if we need to. Lent is there to minister to us. Let's say we goof up on our in, in the area of sin, and we really need to get ourselves clear and clean. We have a way for God to minister to us, and that is through confession. Again, how good it is to know that as we go through Lent, yes, there are wild beasts we have to watch out for, but also... There are some wonderful 
graces that can be ours. And we even receive graces in the things that we do in our disciplines, where we find ourselves giving our lives more wholly and completely to Almighty God. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, as we depart, again, I want to put those three beasts uh, just in front of you one last time. Watch out for unforgiveness, which can ruin uh, any opportunity for growth in Lent. And remember that forgiveness is a choice. Secondly, competition and comparison in terms of your Lenten uh, disciplines, not a good thing. Do it for the right and good reason. And finally, laziness and compromise. Make sure that you follow through each day. You will find great grace and strength and joy in fulfilling your commitment. Now, if you fall down, just pick yourself up, go on, and go for those next 36 days or whatever it happens to be. And don't beat yourself up over the fact that you did compromise, but now get back on the track and just keep your Lenten journey moving forward. So may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.